these are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Woo! 49ers with a big victory in week one versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The 49ers got after it in a big way, 30-7. to And boy, was it fun to watch. As a 49er fan, I love the fact that the 49ers took a lot of the drama out of it, made it a nice, easy, comfortable-type uh, victory. Their defense was flying around. It was absolutely spectacular. And what's up to everyone that's in chat? WTM says, that felt good. And it did feel wonderful. Yes, it did. David Morazzo says, Drake Jackson, thank you. Drake did a very good job. And one of the things that I liked about Drake's game is he has the necessary speed that when a player gets flushed, he can go run them down and make the play. We saw this early in the season last year, and we're seeing it again. 49ers going with a two-type defensive end uh, grouping opposite of Nick Bosa. Cleveland Farrell playing base downs. Drake Jackson coming in as a third-down pass rusher. And I thought it worked out tremendously. 49ers defense was definitely up to the task in this football game. And what's up, Josh? How's it going? Aunt? What's up, brother? Hell of a win for my birthday today. Love the start. Excited. Happy birthday, Josh. Big shout-out to one of the best there is out there. Josh, happy birthday, bud. Uh, glad you got a win on your birthday. Nothing better than that for sure. David Campbell says Bosa had some work to do to be the 49er sack leader. Yeah, you got to get after it, right? Come on, Bosa. Pick it up. What's your problem? Uh, but overall, it was it was good. Hargrave got a sack. Drake Jackson doing what he does. Came away with three sacks. I think eventually it might go down to two. I don't know if they officially gave him that one where Pickett almost got to the line of scrimmage. Uh, but that will see something that happens. Uh, so it will, but overall, Drake Jackson, whether it's two sacks, three sacks, it was spectacular. And he almost got one at the end of the game, too. He lit up Pickett just as Pickett released the football. And that one he got home bending the corner, which uh, that's what I want to see more of Drake Jackson. And then, uh, what's up, Paul? He says, hey, hit that. Uh, was a blast. Yeah, it was, it was an absolute blast. The game was fantastic. It was fun to watch. Uh, definitely cool. And what is up, Randy Daytona? Randy Daytona's in the house. Uh, always love that. Uh, David Allen, Arnold, Melendez, Mighty Mouse, Doc. Says, yeah, amazing game, fam. It was. It was fantastic. Very, very good. And Josh is saying, Ayuk is insane. And this is something that everyone was talking about coming out of training camp. Brandon Ayuk is on a new level. The guy has leveled up from last year. He gets open consistently. He wins one-on-ones. He's turning cornerbacks inside out. And now the 49ers have a go-to player on the outside that if something doesn't work out on the front side, they can go backside. If he's uh, supposed to be working on the backside, he can win one-on-one. And I've seen the 49ers working a little bit of some of their formations and route concepts to get uh, one-on-ones for Brandon Ayuk. And that catch he made on Patrick Peterson, hey, Patrick Peterson, that was a great play, right? Uh, Brandon Ayuk, spectacular, man. Uh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And that's exactly 
you know, what the 49ers needed was that big-time wide receiver. Of course, everyone gets theirs. You know what I mean? This That's one of the things about the 49ers offense. It's going to be eclectic in how everyone gets their uh, their plays. I mean, they're going to get their yards. They're going to make their plays. And you just kind of expect it. Uh, but, I mean, when you look at the numbers, the 49ers did really well at spreading the ball around. Number one, Christian McCaffrey, 22 rushes for 151 yards. Now, of course, that 65-yard run is going to elevate his total number, and it's going to make you know his average yard per carry look at 6.9. It was definitely harder to run on the Pittsburgh Steelers you know, than the numbers would reflect, but he still ended up with 151 yards on the ground, including that 65-yard touchdown, and bravo to Brandon Ayuk and Ray Ray McLeod for their blocking. And the patience of Christian McCaffrey once he got down there, but Brandon Ayuk put someone on their back down the field. I think it was Levi Wallace. Just boom, right on the ground. That's the kind of thing that team concept block. Uh, then you get the rock kind of concept that makes the 49ers special physicality uh, at all aspects of the game. We've seen Jawan Jennings continue to aggravate opposing defensive backs and get, you know, get a penalty. This is just what the 49ers do. But when you're looking at the receiving, Ayuk, 8 for 129 with 16.1-yard average, 23-yard long, and two touchdowns. Uh, Brock Purdy, once again, two touchdowns, continuing that regular season streak. That was one of my wild, that's bold predictions. It came to pass. He did that. Debo chipped in with five catches for 55 yards. I think there will be games where this Debo has a bigger impact, but 11 yards per catch, you got to like that. And then Kittle chipped in with three catches for 19. Kittle's dealing with the adductor, not going to be as explosive right now, but he helped a lot when he was tasked to block. And then McCaffrey, three for 17, too. I think the 49ers would feel they left some stuff on the field, but 30-point game against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense, I think you have to feel pretty good about where you're sitting with all of it. So uh, really fan of it, everything. And we got the super chat from Bobo, $2 super chat. Thank you so much, Bobo. It says, do you think Lynch will try to acquire a right tackle soon? I don't think so, and here's the reason why. I think that they understand, yes, Colt McKivitz got beat three times in this football game. Colt McKivitz was also going against one of the best defensive players and edge rushers in the entire league. Like, if Colt McKivitz, two or three weeks down the road, is still having these same struggles, then yes, you might look to acquire a right tackle if there's one even available. It's hard to, to do that. But I think that the 49ers know what they're getting themselves into. Watt is just special. And he did he did get after McKivitz. Let's see if McKivitz can bounce back. But I don't think you go ahead and make a big move right now. I think you wait this thing out, see what he does against the Rams, see what he does against the Giants. The Giants have some really good young pass rushers as well. And if he holds up against them, then this is going to kind of be something different. But game one, not really concerned about it. Uh, so I would say not a move yet. That's a little premature. But if he continues to struggle like this, Bobo, it will happen, and they'll make another move. WTM with a super chat says, TJ Watt can make any right tackle look bad. McKivitz fought. And I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. There was a couple technique things I saw. I can't wait to break this thing down when I get the All-22. I'll be doing that over on Patreon because uh, I did see that Colton McKivitz kind of slowed up his his kick slide, I think he was fearful of Watt working an inside move a couple of times, and he got into some trouble. 
when the 49ers were the most successful is when they had third and shorts, uh, third and manageables, and also when they gave him help, whether that was chipping him or even having George Kittle help block Watt. And we've seen that a lot. In fact, that one that Kittle had bounce off his hands, he had initially uh, checked with Watt, and then Watt uh, held on to him. It kind of messed up the timing of the route, but uh, that was the kind of thing the 49ers did. It's also a reason Kittle probably wasn't as involved in the game plan. Looking forward to getting that all 22 to kind of see what they were doing with Kittle as far as the passing game. But there's going to be games like this. When you have Highsmith on one side and Watt on the other, it's difficult enough. But then you have the interior guys that they have. Of course, Hayward gets hurt early in the game. That's that's too bad for him, especially with a groin. How long will that be for a big guy? But also you have Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, so a lot of talent for the Pittsburgh Steelers along the defensive line. And I thought overall this offensive line held up really good. I thought Banks uh, played really good. And that's good news for the 49ers. You have to be able you know, to, to play against these big-time players, and I thought they held up pretty well. But we'll give it some time for Colton McKivitz for sure. And what's up, Hugo? Hugo's in the house. Says, what's up, TCC? Uh, Bobo says Lenore didn't look good too good today. you got to remember that when they're catching the football on Lenore for most of it, it is in situations where the 49ers are playing off uh, coverage. They're playing a, a lot of prevent-type things. And those were the times you've seen Lenore get beat. Uh, there probably were a couple other occasions. But to me, he was driving on the football. You saw it in the fourth quarter. Austin around on the side, catches it, he drives on it, makes it a tackle right there. I thought Lenore looked pretty good overall. I think that when they went to those situations where they were playing off and giving a lot of room, that it made it look like Ambry Thomas and Lenore didn't look really good. But I think once you go back and watch the, the situation in the film, you're going to think they look pretty good. And we'll just see how they continue to develop as the season progresses. But I can get why someone would, would ultimately think that that's you know, something uh, that, you know, that happened in the game. Uh, Lou says, why didn't they slide protection his way to protect Brock Purdy? They did on occasion. When you're playing a 3-4 defense and you're playing these guys, and even when they're not in 3-4, uh, but even when they're in nickel packages, they play their two outside linebackers as stand-up guys and basically a wide nine type scheme the way the 49ers do a lot of times that can make it difficult to boot and move the pocket so the 49ers didn't have that a part of the game plan uh, the 49ers were very specific about how they went about it most of the time they tried to chip and then they tried to sometimes take advantage of having McKivitz win one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't always work out uh, you can't, couldn't do that very much and TJ Watt made the most of those situations uh, but Yes, I mean, you could you could slide protect and give help, uh, but I think with them having Highsmith, with them having Hayward, it makes it a little bit more difficult to do that, and part of the game plan didn't include the boot very much for Brock Purdy or this run game. So, uh, Jay Ellie says, great team win. Could have been a 40-burger. I think Colton gets two or three more games and a trade should be made. Welcome back, crew. I think that, you know, I think you're right as far as he's going to get time. And you're not going to get the prolific pass rusher on the outside against the Rams. So, uh, well, you know, he's, he's got to play well in that one. That's going to be the expectation. Against the New York Giants, he'll get a test. He'll get some young guys that can rush the passer. That'll be good. And then in week four, uh, here come the Dallas Cowboys. And so he's got to be ready for Micah Parsons. He's got to be ready for that speed. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you've got to be licking your chops thinking, we're going to get Colton McKivitz one-on-one -on -one with Micah – or. Yeah, with Micah Parsons, and what could that mean? So he's got some. He's got a, a game now to bounce back, work on his technique, get things back to where it needs to be. 
And then he's got a, he's got a couple of big tests coming up against the Giants on a short week, and then the Dallas Cowboys after that. JLE says Burford had a few mistakes as well. Yeah, I, I thought the holding call was bad. The offsides penalty, uh, you don't want those things. So those are mistakes he's going to have to clean up. Uh, and we'll see how he handles it. This was a nice test for all this offensive line. I thought overall the offensive line held up, especially compared to some of the criticism they were getting during the preseason. That this you could definitely see this offensive line, though it hasn't been you know a top ten unit. Uh, this definitely wasn't one of the worst units. They're kind of middle of the of the way right now with an improvement to McKivitz and some of the mental errors being taken care of by Spencer Burford. You could see them step up even more. Uh, so I think that's a you know that's a good part, a good factor. Uh, Josh says, "What was it just me, or did Kittle not look 100%? I think that's completely accurate. I think he went out there, and I think he gutted it out for his guys. You know what I mean? I, I really do. I think he was making sure that you know he was helping his team out. He knew they needed him, and he gutted it out. So bravo to Kittle. The good news is he made it through the game. We'll see what ends up coming up during the week. But uh, overall, I think you know the, it's good for uh, for George Kittle that he helped his team the way he did. It doesn't always involve catching the football. Sometimes it's blocking, uh, but I thought he did a good job of helping him out. And then Josh says, our defense is built to give up completions underneath. Our secondary was excellent. I thought they did a really good job, too. Uh, two turnovers, uh, interceptions. It could have easily been three if Fred was able to hold on to that football. They were making uh, picket throw into coverage, and then they were rallying to the football. I thought the tackling was fantastic. I think Josh brought up earlier. Uh, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw were flying around like guided missiles, just laying people out. They did spectacular. And, you know, that's one of those things I, I love to see. Um, just guys doing a lot of really good things and, uh, you know, just executing. And we've seen a couple missed tackles, but for the most part, I thought the 49ers did a really good job tackling, uh, even with their angles. And that's always a concern early on in the season. And I thought for a week one matchup, there wasn't as many mistakes as far as tackling or miss blocks and things like that. Execution overall was pretty good, uh, and that's what you got to do. Travis says, shout out to Ayuk and Jackson. Both put the work into the offseason, and a man, oh, man, did a payoff. You love to see it. You do. Uh, they're coming out, and they're executing at a high level, and that's exactly what you're looking uh, to have happen. So uh, excellent by both of those guys. And, and we got another super chat. This one from WTM says, great W, Coach Ant. What grade do you give Brock Purdy? I'm giving Brock Purdy an A minus. And the only reason I'm giving him an A minus is the ball got to the ground a couple of times. Now, I know one of those is not his fault for sure. Colt McKivitz uh, completely got worked. He doesn't feel the pressure and he gets hit. The other one, you know, he, he's getting tracked from behind. The ball gets knocked away. He ends up getting it back. So bravo to him. But I think if you're just being hypercritical, you're giving him an A minus. But I love the command of the offense, he was very accurate. And his passes, and he threw a couple of really big dimes. Uh, that one die you down the sideline was fantastic. There was one more that he was trying to get deep down the field to Debo. That if it wouldn't have been tipped, I wonder what would have happened on that play. I wish we could have seen the conclusion, uh, but it was tipped. So I would give him a solid A minus. I think there are ways he can improve, but I like the way he moved in the pocket. He would step up and climb the escapability with the free rusher. Those types of things are great. Not to mention the scramble for a first down. To me, Brock Purdy looked just as advertised, operated the system at a high level, and did what he was supposed to do. Got to give room for advancement. So, I mean, he can't get an A-plus or anything like that, but A-minus, B-plus, if anyone says that, I think that would be pretty accurate you know, for how he played during this football game. 
And what's up, JL, using his uh, his member uh, member uh, capabilities here? He's been a member for 23 months. Bravo, JL. He says, hey, at 40 dollars looking good. Knowles looking good. Crew looking good. Life is good. Yeah, the Knowles are looking good right now. There's, they're smashing people. They're playing at a high level. So uh, it's it's nice. 49ers and and the Seminoles do getting it done. I love that about the 49ers. Uh, they took care of business today. And 49ers gal says, settle the nerves about Moody. Moody. Oh, uh, yeah. Moody looked fantastic in this football game. Absolutely loved it. Drilled every single kick. Line him up. He knocked him down. Mitch Wisnowski did a pretty good job kicking it into the end zone when he was asked to. The only thing I would ask Brian Schneider is, I know we want to pin guys deep, uh, but it hasn't worked out. Our return coverage is not good enough. We always allow returns past the 30-yard line. At some point, you have one of the best defenses in the entire league. Just kick it into the end zone, start at the 25, make a team go 75 yards. Uh, that's what I would say. That's one of the things I still always kind of get frustrated about, but... Uh, for the most part, I loved the kicking game. It was great. Josh says, Seattle defense getting worked by the cupless Rams. Interesting, because that's who the Niners are going to play. Uh, so that'll be fun, getting to watch what the Rams are doing and Seattle having some some struggles. Brad says, damn it, Ant, missed the start of the show, but the wake-up call of 3 a.m. was definitely worth it. Uh, hey, I'm glad you're here, Brad. It was a, it was a great, uh, great episode uh, so far. We've enjoyed 49ers wins. And uh, that's what we want. And we got we got super chats here. I gotta get to some of these uh, super chats. Um, we got JLE's WTM with another one here, Coach Ant. What grade do you give Trent Williams? I thought Trent Williams played pretty well. I would give him an A minus. I thought he handled Highsmith pretty well. You're talking about a guy once again that had 14 sacks last year. And, you know, I thought he did really well. You could tell maybe there's a little rust there, uh, but he was still effective in the run game blocking. He was still very good one-on-one -on -one situations on the outside. So I thought he did really good. Uh, it wasn't the, the best game I've ever seen Trent Williams play, uh, but he's still – it's just one of those things that the Fournier's have such a luxury because they have him at left tackle. And because you have him at left tackle, you don't have to worry about the left side very much. And I thought he did very good. There was a couple of times – he allowed some pressure to come off his edge. That's why I can't give him a higher grade than that. But I thought overall he looked good as a complete game. Um, and that's really what you're asking for from a lot of these uh, football players. And that's what uh, JL is saying here. Uh, Trent looked rusty. you know, And, and that's kind of where I'm at uh, with it, too, is I think he looked a little bit rusty. Uh, but you know, th those are the things. You don't play during the preseason. Uh, you don't play a lot during training camp. And when you get into the regular season, you have to knock off some of the rust. But after this game, I expect him to get even better next week. And then by the time we get to the Giants for that Thursday night football, I think he'll be really ready to roll, and he'll make a lot of plays. So I'm excited about Trent Williams and how he'll be for this team. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Ant, suit up on the right side. Oh, no way. No way. I mean, Colton McKivitz is far superior to me. I I, I know that it, you know T.J. Watt is going to make everyone think about you know, that fact that the, the 49ers, uh, you know, right side of the line is, is scary, but it's TJ Watt, right? I mean, the dude is legit. And I, I know the 49ers defense, um, you know, played really well today, and so did the offense. And, I mean, whenever you have an offense, you know, that does the things that the 49ers do, I mean, 
they had they carried the ball the the ball for thirty seven minutes, twenty two first downs, uh, nearly four hundred yards of total offense, a uh, little two hundred and three passing yards, one hundred and eighty eight rushing yards. Uh, I think if you had one glaring weakness, you know, it would be the eleven penalties. You don't want to see the penalties. But they just absolutely dominated this game. They won the turnover ratio two to one, which I predicted in my wow, that's bold. Uh, Brock Purdy, you know, did what he did. Uh, I I gotta check to see what the third down percentage was because that was another my wow, that's bold. So it, it's I thought the 49ers defense played really well. I thought the 49ers team played really well. When you look at the stats, you know, it definitely you know shows that. I mean, Pickett was 26 of 41. 171 yards, the two interceptions, but he had the one touchdown. It was a great throw that he made. Uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren just never got anything going. A total of nine carries for 37 yards. Yeah, I mean, and and really, if Najee Harris didn't have that one big run at the end of the half, that 24-yard run, I mean, he just there wasn't a lot there. The 49ers played a great run defense, which was a concern coming out of preseason. And, you know, that's one thing Steve Wilkes said. He said, hey, you know, our fits from our young linebackers just weren't very good. And you've seen Fred Warner flashing in there. The 49ers did go on a first down play, put Kinlaw in with Hargrave and Armstead and absolutely stuffed the run against a two tight end set. So uh, it, was, it was good to see. I mean, the Steelers, they spread out some of their catches. Uh, nobody really had a big game. You know, the injury to Deontay Johnson definitely hurt them. But, I mean, that was later. That was in the second half. It wasn't something – you know, that really killed. So TJ Watt, I think, was a standout for the Steelers. And then I think everyone else, uh, you know, has got some work to do for them. But uh, they still have a talented group. I'm curious to see, you know, what they do down the road and if they're able to make big-time plays. Uh, Stand on it says, speaking of grades, what grade you give Ambry Thomas? Now, this is an interesting one because I seen Ambry Thomas giving up, giving up some space, but I didn't consistently – uh, see what he was doing out there every play. Uh, when I watched the All-22, I'll get a better idea of when he was out there and when he wasn't. Uh, but I thought that it was a solid B for him. Um, I, I didn't see like anything that really scared me. I thought he played you know that one over the middle. He played Fryermuth really good. And then Talano Ufonga lit him up. And that ended up uh, ending Fryermuth's day. I mean, Fryermuth caught the touchdown. But then after half, he was pretty much done. And I think that, you know, he did a really good job in that scenario. So I think Ambry Thomas showed some more promise. And I think uh, Mike, or sorry, Kyle Shanahan talked about this a little bit. Is he talked about the fact that the DBs have paid a lot from having Steve Wilkes as their uh, defense coordinator. He's worked with that secondary and improved him so much. And I thought that he, he, you know, the secondary held up pretty good. They allowed catches underneath. They rallied to make tackles, which is the expectation of this defense. And so we'll see, but I think right now Ambry's a B, but if I watch film and I think he's an A, I'll definitely come on and tell you guys, yeah, Ambry Thomas played better uh, than it first initially realized or worse, depending on what it looks like. But uh, from the angle I had, I thought it was a, a pretty solid game. Um, I know that there were catches on him, but I wasn't too worried about any of those. Uh, and then let's see. Yeah, Lou says, hey, we definitely need to pay B.A., um, eight of eight, 129 yards, two touchdowns. He looked great. He did. He looked fantastic in this game. Mr. Corey says, I'm just happy to get a win with no injuries. I'm with you. The no injuries parts was really good. 30 to seven's a dominant victory. Could have easily been more with a little bit better execution. So, 
Uh, that's what you're you're wanting to get. Hugo says the matter of the fact is Warner's defense plays with a lot of violence. That Warner hit in the Greenlaw is just a dog. And you're right. And you would hear the Pittsburgh Steelers fans react like when Greenlaw hit the clothesline from hell out of the sideline. They just did not like that. But that's that's Greenlaw being the Mike Tyson of this 49ers defense. They bring the wood when they hit. And Hufanga did the same thing. These guys are hitters, and that's why opposing teams eventually you know, struggle when you get to the third and fourth quarter. Uh, they just physically wear you down, whether it's hitting or anything. Um, Brad Jones says the Eagles are killing the Pats. That is to be expected. Um, Josh says they couldn't run up the middle, which was a concern. They couldn't. Hargrave, Armstead loaded it up. Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Oren Burks got in there and, and stuck his head when he was asked to. I don't think the 49ers played very many base 4-3 sets, but when they did, you know, Oren Burks got it done. So uh, I think I'm excited about that overall. And then we got a super chat from Stand On It. it says, right on, Coach, what grade you give Hargrave? I'm giving Hargrave a solid A. I thought Hargrave played great. Uh, there was a lot of time he put pressure on the quarterback. Him and Armstead did fantastic on the inside. He ends up getting the payoff with the sack at the end. The 49ers only had three sacks from the entire interior defensive line in 2022. They add Hargrave, and in game one, they get one. Uh, so it was a great performance from Hargrave. He held up against the run. He definitely pushes the pocket. Him and Armstead were getting consistent push and making uh, Pickett feel uncomfortable. So I think as Bosa gets more comfortable in this system and Hargrave gets more comfortable in the feel of the stunts and the things that they're doing on the inside with Armstead, there's going to be more potential for sacks. But the holding up against the run was a big factor in this game. And so I give Hargrave an A. I thought he looked very good. There was no push from that interior offensive line on Hargrave and Armstead. They were spectacular. And uh, that, that's what you got to see. I mean, if you want to be a big-time defense, you have to be able to stop the run. And they definitely could stop the run. And thank you so much for the super chat. Stand on it. Uh, really appreciate it. Mr. Corey says, I guess I can finally stop w wanting a trade for Chase Young. Uh, Chase Young, uh, I don't even know what is going on. I know he has some sort of a neck injury. So, I mean, but the way that Cleveland Farrell played, the way that Drake Jackson played, I don't think a trade for an edge rusher is imminent. I even thought that Austin Bryant, Kerry Hyder had some good snaps in this game. I mean, Kerry Hyder ended up getting home. Uh, but I thought the second unit definitely needs to pick up as far as putting pressure in obvious pass situations. And I know the Fourniers were giving a lot of ground as far as they're playing a prevent. It's harder to get home, but I want to see those guys uh, continue to play better. And in all reality, the 49ers gave them significant reps in that game. But the way the 49ers offense played in the first half, that defense, that, that first team defense did never had to come off the field. There was no extended drives. The offense stayed on the field uh, and made the you know, made the defense for the Steelers tired, and the offense was able to help our defense stay uh, comfortable and healthy. It was really nice. Uh, Yo with the Super Chats says, Ebucom had five sacks last season. Drake had three today. A solid point. You know, and that's one of the things that you're trying to upgrade from is Samson Ebucom had five sacks opposite of Bosa, and then you had um, Charles Aminahue, who had, I believe it was four or four and a half sacks, so what you're hoping is that tandem of Drake Jackson and uh, Cleveland Farrell will more than make up for that production. So they need to get double-digit sacks between the two of them. But I think it's entirely possible. And you're right, Drake Jackson with three in this game. Interesting thing, last year, Drake Jackson threw the first 
I think it was four games, had three sacks. Uh, so he's even got a jump on what he did last year. But let's see. He worked out all offseason. He got himself in great shape. Let's see if he can maintain this type level throughout the regular season. I think he looked good, and I think he's one of those guys that when the 49ers play the quicker, more athletic quarterbacks to try to scramble, he's one of those guys that can make up ground and get to them before they can make plays down the field. I like having one of those run-and-chase type defensive ends. Uh, so I, th I think that's great, and I think it was a nice combination having Drake Jackson and Cleveland Farrell working together. Let Cleveland Farrell do what he does really well, set the edge against the run or on early downs, let Drake come in and rush the passer, and use his elite athletic ability. So uh, thanks so much for the super chat, yo. Really appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Mr. Corey says, Kalia Davis didn't even suit up. He's a fifth defensive tackle. You know, and right now with Kevin Givens and Javon Kenlaw, you know, they're going to run with four guys. But also, when you have Kerry Hyder, you have the ability, if there's an injury, to have Hyder play. So with that versatility at defensive end and them having the extra defensive end up with Austin Bryant playing, it made a lot of sense for the 49ers to go with a, a little bit of a smaller defensive tackle room because of Hyder's flexibility and versatility and go ahead and keep the extra edge rusher with Austin Bryant who did play significant snaps because when they went to the second unit, they went Hyder and Bryant. They didn't go Jackson. They kept Jackson kind of in that specialized pass rush role and kept him real fresh. And if that's something they can do for the whole year, that's going to be good when you get into fourth quarters of games and Drake Jackson needs to close it down. And you've seen him at the end of this game. He was still firing on all cylinders because he was completely healthy uh, and, and really just not really working that hard uh, because he didn't have as many snaps as he had to. So I like it. Because I think it still hurts, but anyone see DeForest Buck Buckner bowling his ass off today? I've seen him take the fumble to the house. Good thinking by him. Uh, so, you know, that's what happens sometimes. JL is just thinking Matt Ioannidis should be a target in free agency. Yeah, the fact he's still available is pretty interesting. Uh, the 49ers could ultimately make a move down the road, but as of right now, there's no real reason to do it. So you stick with these guys until they prove they can't get it done. And then maybe one of those guys come in. But uh, 49ers, I think, are feeling pretty good about their D-line right now. Yo, with another Super Chess, says only one game under 30 with Purdy Street continues. Yeah, right. It's just that Thursday night game against the Seattle Seahawks where he has the broken ribs and he plays. Uh, it's it's a great streak. He throw, Usually, if he's the starter, he throws two touchdowns. And the 49ers scored 30-plus points. McCaffrey added seven last year when he joined the team. Then you got another seven points from Brock Purdy. But if the 49ers are going to be able to score 30 points like this against good defenses, and I know the secondary from uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't show up in a big way today, but, I mean, I think they have the capabilities to be a good defense. And the 49ers really played well. Uh, of course, you got to continue this. But if you can score close to 30 points a game with the defense that the 49ers have, they're going to be very tough to beat. And that's exactly what you were looking for. you got the point guard now and Brock Purdy that can distribute and get the ball wherever it needs to go and let those players do their thing. And then when he needs to create, he can make something happen. He can still pull up and make that big shot when he has to. And that's exactly what Kyle's always wanted, that guy that could operate the offense at a high level, but when all hell broke loose, he could get out and make something happen. And Brock consistently shows that he can do that. So uh, I think Kyle's feeling comfortable with Brock Purdy. Brock looked comfortable in this game. He never looked out of sorts, very controlled emotionally. And that's what it takes to be a big-time quarterback uh, so he's got to keep proving it, but I was a, a huge fan of how Brock looked in this game. And Josh is saying no injuries, which I love. Yeah, I love that for sure. 
Brad says, yeah, one thing I definitely learned today, Kyle trusts Brock 1,000%. He does. You're just across midfield on your first drive, and you put it in Brock's hands to throw the football. How often did Kyle Shanahan want to go for it on fourth down with other quarterbacks? He didn't. But with Brock Purdy, he has complete faith in Brock that Brock's going to make the right play and get it done. And Brock, more times than than not, gets it done. And so he does have confidence. And I think if, if he gets this kind of confidence in Brock Purdy and then eventually develops that confidence in Jake Moody, I know that's an under... Uh, est- or underrated comment, but if he gets that confidence, the 49ers are going to take those field goals when they have to. So it's going to be great. And we have KNDR using his his membership, and he's been membership for 24 months, so two years for KNDR. Thank you so much, KNDR. says, Steelers found out what the Brock was cooking. Well said. <laughs> oh, geez, that's great. KNDR coming through. Caleb always bringing the humor. Absolutely fantastic. And, and way to use your uh, membership uh, to do that. And if you guys want to be a, a channel member, you can do the same sort of thing. You get free super chats, just like KNDR used right there. You saw Jay Ellie use his earlier, and you can get that. You can also get cool emojis and things like that. So uh, thanks so much, KDR, for using your abilities there. And um, yeah. And if you want to get a membership, all you have to do is write down below. Uh, if you're on YouTube, just go down. There's a join button. You click the join button. And then you sign up, and that's how you join uh, WTM. And I'd love to have you join as a member. That'd be great. Uh, you're one of the you're one of the great ones that come on here. That's for sure. Anonymous says Fred and Dre were straight up dominant today. They were just spectacular. They look like the best linebacker tandem in the NFL. This is what you expect to see from a 49ers defense that is the best front seven in the NFL. There was question marks about the defensive end opposite of Bosa, but now that we saw Farrell help stop the run and Drake Jackson get after the quarterback, you've got to think that, hey, with Fred and Dre and Hargrave and Armstead and Bosa, uh, yeah, Oren Burks has got to step up and do what he's supposed to do. And, yes, Farrell and Drake Jackson got to continue to do it, but fantastic. They have been fantastic. And, yeah, Mr. Corey, kick coverage to me is a concern. I think the 49ers need to go with a consistent kick it through the end zone, especially while Mitch Wisnowski is kicking. Because Jake Moody can get a 4.3 second hang time, which is one of the better in the league. If you're getting 4.3, then you have time for your coverage team to get there and pin them deep. But I think the way Wisnowski kicks, that's not the best idea. He doesn't get that kind of a hang time, which means the coverage team doesn't have as much time to get there. And these these return guys are taking advantage of that. That was the same problem with Robbie Gold when he handled kickoffs. So I do think that's a problem. So I think as long as Mitch Wisnowski is handling kickoffs, kick it through the end zone let them start at the 25-yard line, and then once we get to where Moody's available and able to do kickoffs, then you can start doing some of those kicks that are directional and high so your coverage team can get down there. But, uh, you know, I know they like it. They want to pin these guys back, uh, but you can't pin them back if you don't have the guy with the leg to be able to to make them wait and get allow that coverage team to get there. There were some good tackles. Uh, Charlie Warner made a couple spectacular tackles, and so... You got to like that. Womack looked good as a gunner. He did a really good job. There was good plays on special teams. Uh, but, yeah, that kick coverage is a little bit concerning for sure, Mr. Corey. Brad says, how good was Mitch's punt and Womack gunning? Mitch Wisnowski was fantastic. I mean, he looked like one of the top punters. He was pinning them inside the 10 consistently on all of his kicks, directionals. He did good. Uh, when he was asked to kick it out of the end zone, he did a good job. 
I don't think Wisnowski did anything bad. I thought he looked spectacular. I thought he was a very solid player today. And you're right, Womack, Gunner, uh, handled his business at a high level. And that's good. That's what you need, for sure. And then I love this from Donald. He says, Kandyar and Drake laid the smack down on Pickett. Here we go. Let's go. Get it in there. WTM says, I'm trying to become a member now. I love that. Uh, thank you, WTM. I appreciate you so much for that. Donald says, hi, everyone. Great game to start the season. It was spectacular. It was. I mean, this is exactly what you're looking for. You've got so many weapons on offense, and the 49ers use those weapons to the best of their abilities. You put them in situations to be successful. I think, of course, as a coach, Kyle Shanahan and the rest of his staff is going to feel like they left opportunities out there. But you've got to be happy with a 30-7 to win in week one. And then what you want to do is fix those things so you can go out and make sure you execute at a higher level. Uh, but the 49ers did not punt a lot in this game. They executed. They had the one turnover. You don't want turnovers, but I figured they would get one. It's early in the season. But the 49ers also created two on the other end. And so missed opportunities were something, if you clean them up, next thing you know, you're winning 40 to, you know, 40 to 0, 40 to 7, whatever. Uh, so I think the 49ers got to feel happy about it, but in the same way feeling like, hey, we can get better, and we need to continue to work to get better. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying it very much. You know what uh, the 49ers did because I think this is setting the tone for how the 49ers are going to play the rest of the season. It was big to get over the Steelers hump and now they get to play other teams. Uh, and then this one right here from Mr. Corey, the Rams with no Cooper cup is next. That's right. No Cooper cup for the Rams and guys, I'm going to check out. I have another busy day. More content is coming your way at a big announcement about some t-shirts that are coming your way as well. You can't really see it, but I'm wearing it right here. Real deal, coming towards you. But thanks, everyone, for coming through. I appreciate everyone that hit me with the Super Chats. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, you guys are truly the best. And I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.